it came unexpected. You didn't understand it. It did not make any sense when it happened. Press the new miracle button one now. Press one now. I don't know what this is about, but I have a special word for you. Press one now. Press the new miracle button one now. Hey, it's Pete Pollock here, and this is my podcast, The Big Hairy Eyeball. Welcome to it. Very happy to have you guys here. If you're checking this out, uh, you're, you're here listening to the very first show, and I figure that if you're, if you're actually, unless, unless this has been wildly successful in the future, and you're somehow going back and listening to everything uh, because you love it so much, odds are you're just a person who's checking this out without a whole lot to go on. And thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I'm going to try and live up to whatever expectations you have, whether they are uh, big or small. I'll try and meet them and maybe exceed them. And hopefully as I do these and do more of them, they will get better over time. I'm hoping to start off not completely horrible. <laughs> Set your sights nice and high there, Pete. And uh, we'll just see how it goes and, and how it plays. But I do have a good guest today. I'm talking to Catherine Smitko. She is an actress in the city of Chicago and around uh, the country uh, sometimes. And I, I was intrigued to talk to her because she has a career that is, a, it's quite frankly, it's a tough gig. It's a tough thing to do to try and survive in any kind of art form. I know people who are musicians, most of them have day jobs or they have other things that keep them busy. If you're an actor, a lot of times you have a day job or you're a waiter or whatever. Uh, so kudos to her for making a life where she can do acting and she's got some good stories to tell. We had a nice conversation. We're going to get to that in a couple minutes. I did want to take some time at the start of the show because people probably don't really know who I am. I'm a writer by trade. I live just outside the city of Chicago, like a couple hundred yards or meters, if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, I'm, I'm interested in doing a podcast. I've done a few in the past, uh, both through work and, you know, just on my own for fun. And this is one that I've kind of wanted to do for a while. And here we are. The rest of whatever you need to know about me, I think, can trickle out over time. It's probably not that important. It'll all come out eventually. I'm sure if I do enough of these, you're going to figure out who I am and stuff I've done and whatever. I, I was trying to think of something to say if I wasn't going to talk about myself. And as it is, uh, sometimes life hands you uh, a little something. Uh, and, and in my case, it happened about 20 minutes before I'm recording this. And so I, just a little something to get off my chest, uh, not, not, not a complaint. I, I'm not, I don't want to start off on a negative uh, zone here. I, I'm just, just an observation. So I, uh, I, I had to run out and get some groceries. I'm coming back. I, I needed a couple things, of, you know, like adapters for stuff. So I, I stopped at Best Buy. Now, I'm going to tell you my TV in my living room, my main TV is – by my, by any normal standard archaic. It's an LCD, okay? It's a flat panel, but it's an LCD. So it's this big, thick thing. It's small. It's 32-inch 
t- it's a 32 inch TV and I, I bought it like 12 years ago after, you know, a- after my wife and I split up, I went out and I bought this TV, put it in the living room and it's sat there ever since. And it's been good enough. But every once in a while, I think to myself, maybe I should look at buying another TV because, you know, the technology's improved a lot in the last few years. And, you know, I do like to watch movies and things. So maybe... I should do that. Maybe I should. So I'm at Best Buy and I walk past the TV aisle and I see that they have this Samsung TV there. I think it's a, it's a pretty decent TV, not huge, not one of these 65 inch things. Cause quite frankly, my house and my living room aren't really that big. I don't need a giant TV. I'm looking at the 49 inch, which to me, that's plenty big enough for the space that I have. I'm not going to go insane and it's on closeout. So it's like a couple hundred bucks cheaper than what it normally would be. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, I wasn't planning on buying a TV and I don't really like to impulse buy something like that. But maybe, maybe, you know, today's the day. I'm looking in there and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should get, maybe they've got one of them in stock. I asked the guys, like, we've got one left. Eh, maybe, I, maybe I should just do this. Maybe I should pull the trigger on it. So I'm not going to completely impulse buy a TV. I get on my phone and I start looking up reviews on the internet. And, you know, some of them, you know, you look at internet reviews and you're going to drive yourself crazy because there's always, there's 10% of the people that really know what they're talking about. And then you're trying to figure out which 10% of the reviews are written by those people. And then there's 10% who just have an ax to grind and hate everything. So, you know, it's like, I didn't like that AC plug and they're, they're giving it a one star review where it came, you know, it, it was delayed in shipping and they're, they're reviewing it as one star, you know, just ridiculous things. And then there's the stuff in the middle and, you know, the reviews look decent, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, if you were going to nitpick about things, Probably not the best TV on the planet. It's like 500 bucks, but you know, that's, I'm working on the 12 year old set. I'm thinking it's an upgrade and you know, it's a good price and it's probably better than what I would get if I was going to try and buy one like six months or whatever from now. So I'm still leaning toward it. And then I start to notice a recurring theme in the reviews and what people keep coming back to even some of the people who really like the picture quality and everything, they're saying the TV has way too many advertisements on it. Like it spams you with advertisements, apparently based on what you watch, it'll go, oh, that's interesting. You're watching that. Here's an ad for something we think you'll like. Now, here's the, <laughs> this, is, this is what, now you're going to learn a little something about me. Now, I don't have a problem with advertising. I, I get that it happens. And, and, you know, if this show ever becomes successful, it may have some ads on it too. Who knows? I, I mean, I guess that would be nice if, it could, if I could pick up a couple of bucks here or there. I don't know that that's going to happen. But if it does, fantastic. I don't have a problem with, with an ad here or there. But when I buy a TV, I feel like I'm buying the TV and I'm paying the cost of the TV up front. Okay. So when I take the TV out of the box, I've already paid for it and now I'm done paying for it. And if the TV manufacturer, and I'm looking at you, Samsung, and I know, you know, I mean, who's listening to this, does it really matter? Am I hurting Samsung? Probably not. But, but I'm looking at you, Samsung, cause this is a Samsung TV. And the thing that everybody kept coming back to is they've said they've never had a TV show them so many ads 
from the TV itself. This isn't commercials. This is the TV advertising to you after you've already bought it. Now, to me, if you're going to do that, I've already paid for the TV. I kind of feel like you ought to put a couple of bucks in my pocket if you want to sit there and have me sit there and watch ads that you're making money on. No, thank you very much. So, you know, I went back and forth, and the more I kept coming across these these complaints, and you know what? I'm not buying the Samsung, and I'm probably not going to – if I if I buy a Samsung as my next TV – I'm going to be thinking about that and I'm going to make sure there's a way to turn that stuff off or it's not going to be there at all. And if it, if it's there, Samsung's on my short list of TVs not to buy. So I just wanted to point that out. There was a, you know, a $500 sale that this company could have made and I'm sure they're going to sell the TV. I, I, I'm under no illusions. You know, it's not like, a, oh yeah, profits are down because Pollock didn't buy a TV this year. I, I, I know that that's not the case. But, you know, I kind of feel like we all should kind of band together when we buy a device. I don't want my toaster advertising to me. I don't want my lawnmower advertising to me. And I don't want my TV advertising to me other than the commercials that are on some stations that keep the the station in business. I I get that. I understand that. That's part of the the trade-off. But I don't need the TV itself trying to figure out what I like and trying to shoot stuff into my eyeballs so that, you know, I go out and I run out and buy things. Okay. I'm Pete Pollock. That's my rant for the day. One more thing I was going to say before we get too far into this. um, The podcast is going to drop every other week. So every other week on Tuesday, might as well just say that up front. My original plan was I was going to try and do it every week. And then I'm thinking, I got a day job and a life. (laughs) Occasionally I have a life. I don't know if I can do it every week. So long-term goal, I would like to find a way to do it every week. I think that's good because then people want to listen to it. It's good to have a habit that it's, you know, it's there like when you look for it. Um, But right now, every other week, that's what it's going to be for a little while. And we'll just see how things go. And if I can increase it, I'm not going to decrease it, but if I can increase it, then I'm going to try and do that. Anyway, Catherine Smitko, actress, fantastic human being, wonderful person, wonderful conversation. Got to talk to her a few weeks ago. A conversation is right here right now and have fun and enjoy. I know I did. subscribed to um to we're we're talking already so we can just uh, just talk yeah 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 (laughs) so you never subscribed to uh i never subscribed to uh that swearing with children was dirty words because if they're dirty words then why is everybody you love and respect using them if they're bad words you know what i mean they're just choices right and and they're really great i think they're a really great um release valve Right. You know, right. there's nothing like saying fuck when, <laughs> when it just got I mean, a lot it's of fun. Just, it's like it's way better than some of the alternatives. Right, right. You know, um, especially, if, you know, when you're in the car, it's better than tailgating. It's just like, you so and so, you know. Well, you know, I, I, one of the things that pointed that out to me, I thought was, was 
hilarious because it, it, I don't know if you ever watched the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. I'm going to be geeky on no, you. No, no, I'm don't but, be but geeky they, because they use the uh, they use jam. the word frack. Yes, and, and they and they use the word frack as a direct replacement for fuck. So oh, you can be a mother yes, fracker. Yes. frack you. I remember. Let's go frack. You know that whole thing, and it's like it's it okay because we changed a vowel. <laughs> Just like, totally good like the yeah, good exactly. place, like the good place. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, oh, yeah. You bench. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy it's forking shirt balls. It yeah. just proves <laughs> it's absolutely meaningless unless right, right. it has it's meaning. It's the intent that matters. And if you in, if you say something about someone to or, harm, you know, right, right to harm, then obviously that's incorrect. That's that's wrong. That's a that's the, syllab- that's, the syllables are not inherently salt. evil of themselves. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's all about subjectivity. Right. So you have my total permission to say whatever you want, talk to however you like want. swear like a motherfucker because swear that's who like I am, Swear like you <laughs> I will try and tone it back only because I'm trying to appear genteel. All right. I'll uh, try and appear more no, genteel. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I just swore then <laughs> for effect, but it's just sometimes they come out. So I just like to warn people. No, no, no. I, well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I fully intend this to be a, a, a non-family friendly podcast. So. <laughs> Totally good with that. Cool. So, uh, so I, I wanted to, you know, you're one of the people that I, you know, you're a little bit of a minor hero of mine. Oh God! I know, I know. <laughs> because you, because uh, because you're, as I view it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but you're making a living doing something in the arts. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, I mean, I know, I know a, n- a number of people in music and, and acting and things like that, and, and it's a it's a tough world. It's a so. really tough world, and and um, I mean, I think the numbers I'm are ask something. You to stay on the microphone, just oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the numbers are something like um, I think three percent of actors are actually working, right? Um, it, it, especially in like. Uh, in, when you're in the union, we're in the, when you're in the mm-hmm. unions, like 10% of actors by, you know, luck, get in right. the union, hard work and right, luck, right, right, perseverance, right, right. it's yeah. not just there's, luck. There's talent and there's luck there's and both luck of those and, per, and be, perseverance, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, 10% make it to the union and of those 10%, it's something like, or only 3% of actors are employed. So I feel very lucky. I also didn't start till I was in my 40s, so I was fresh meat at in my 40s. Okay, all right. Which you know is is handy. I I've handy. heard that, you know, somebody said that one time that if you can stick it out to a certain point, a lot of people, you know, like when you're 20, everybody's vying for the same roles. But everybody's when you're 40 20, or 50, now there's not all those people have dropped out. They're done. And <laughs> And, then, and now them. you have an opportunity to. Well, you know, one of the one of the 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 there, so there were yes, there were neat there were neat aspects to being f- fresh, fresh blood mm-hmm. in, in 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 character, uh-huh. you know, in character roles. Um, you know, I would say just probably the 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 hard side of entering into it so late is so many of the uh, my contemporaries had been in the business for 30 years, started as ingenues and transitioned into character roles. And so they had longstanding relationships with theaters and directors and uh, casting agents. So it took a little time, actually. I was just really lucky. I'm going to keep knocking on this table. Yeah, it's not Um, wood, by the way, but go ahead and keep knocking. It's fine. Sorry, it's some kind of plastic IKEA substance. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, You know, it was, was, uh, I had waited, you know, uh, until my daughter... You know, was old enough. You know, my hat's off to actors that can do this. Um, you're gone 
six days a week and right. nights and weekends. And my husband worked nights. Uh-huh. So there was just no way. Right. Um, right. So I was, I was really lucky uh, to have a, a wonderful, the community theater in the Chicagoland area is really fantastic and yeah. do some beautiful work. And it's a, a real community. <laughs> Duh. Um, it's a <laughs> it real, is a co- it is a community theater. of community theater folk. And, you know, it's, um, so, you know, when the timing was right and the part was right, I was able to, you know, still keep my toe in the water, so mm-hmm. to say. So, you know, a great thing is, is my daughter also, uh, is an actor, uh-huh. and uh, that's not what she does for a living. Um, and in fact, she's only, she's. I guess my point being, the example is, you know what? It's never too late. Right. And when I run right. into friends who are like sixty five, and they're like, "I'm retired now. I always wanted to be an actor." I'm like, "Well, there are sixty five year old people in movies and commercials. I mean, right. you're never too old, right? Right. In this kind of profession, you know, you kind of you're maybe too old to start as a dancer, right? Um, and depending on your pipes, you may be maybe a little old to start as a singer, right? But but acting, no. So that's a great thing about the thing. The tough part is, you know, everybody wants to be an actor. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot of competition and great, interesting faces and voices out there. Right, right. But it's never too late to be an actor. Um, I worked with a gentleman, a prolific, renowned actor, um, Mike Nussbaum. Mm-hmm. I don't think he started until he was like something... I'm, misquoting i'm sure but i think it was like 70 wow and wow. he is something else yeah he is the guy that owns the cat with the bell with the galaxy inside oh really in men in black okay that's okay mike, yeah 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 that whose head opens <laughs> yeah 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 that's mike it's weird weird fact fun fact right uh, i was mike nussbaum's understudy you were you were the <laughs> yes, we were doing. That's counterintuitive. I know. So <laughs> it's so it's like feels like one of the coolest things I've ever done. <laughs> I've done some cool things, but uh-huh. understudying Mike Nussbaum. Yeah, we were. I was in. I was an in in uh, an inside understudy, which means you're also in the cast. Okay. I was an inside cover, and we were doing um, the rose tattoo at mm-hmm. Goodman. And uh, he, they hired him to play the Strega, the witch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I was understudying him and Felicia Fields as well as being in it. So, so it's pretty exciting to me. And I remember the first table reading. I leaned over to um, one of the actresses next to me, and I was like, "Hey, that guy looks familiar." She's like, Do you "See Men in Black." I'm like, "Yeah." And I was like, "No way!" He's always really he's cool. the guy there in the restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So it's never too late. Um, I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah, no, you should. Yeah, you should. And um, and you've got really uh, bright, expressive eyes and an interesting, interesting composite and good coloring. It's never too late. I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's never too late. <laughs> they like faces. They like interesting faces. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, doing that, and then you know, while I was not acting, I did. Um, I did do a cabaret act for about mm-hmm. seven years up oh, cool. north, and I've you know sang in rock bands since I'm like fourteen. Right. So, right. so I've always uh, you've always had your I've hand always in the arts. I've always been doing something. Right. Just uh, never able to uh, 
attempt a career at it until I was in my 40s. Right. Well, do, now, now you acted in high school, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. You were in some, yeah. a lot of the oh, plays. Oh, a lot of like plays. That. In fact, Tom Zerzan was our director, and he and I are still very close. Oh, okay. And in fact, so much of the gang, we're all still pretty close. That's I mean, amazing. We see each other. We hang out. It's kind of nice. Yeah. You know? And uh, and so now, when you when you were in high school, were you thinking you would act for a living? Oh, I and did. Then it I didn't, think my okay. uh, well, it did. It, well, yeah. Well, obviously, things got derailed at some point, they or, did. Or, or they took I a took different, a different direction, choice. But yeah, uh, yes. I think in my high school yearbook, I said that I would be on on, uh, on the Broadway stage in ten years. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Now I don't yeah, think that I, old ten-year I, prediction. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I'd care to. Uh, I don't think I'd care to find housing in uh, New York right now. Oh, so yeah. that's that's not that's not really an interest of mine. Um, the paycheck is great for mm-hmm. sure, and the work some of the work is stunning. Um, I just think I kind of like doing what I'm doing. I like traveling around. I like working here and there. Mm-hmm. I uh, I guess what happened was um, I was in a I started in a band when I was 17. Uh, Afterglow, and um, I think I remember that. Band. Yes, I, bet I remember do. that name. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and um, uh, I had, did a lot of theatrics uh, and costumes in that band, uh, mm-hmm. which was fun for me because I was grew up with a huge crush on Alice Cooper since I'm like I don't know ten or eight. I don't uh-huh. even know. Um, and I love theatrics. So I was in a band, and at the time, that seemed to be what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was be in the band or go to college, and I chose be in the band. I probably was a troubled youth, so being in a band and that lifestyle seemed very appealing to me at That's the time. That's perfect, yeah. You know, um, and uh, and I love doing it, and I still do it. I mean, I haven't done it for about two years or so, but I still sing with bands, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my recent did a few recordings uh, uh, as the female... Uh, with uh, Jinx Titanic. He's uh, a composer I work with a lot for the last... Jesus Christ, it's 20 years now. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm old. Um, okay, Time so 20 years, yeah. But we do, I do, I still do. I still get called in as a ringer. Uh-huh. And they need a certain kind of female rage. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm your girl. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a real great way. Terrorize the listener. Yes, I know. You know, and something funny I've noticed is I'm like, because I'm 57 now, and as I've noticed as I'm getting older, um, I've always been hired, I would say probably nine and a half times out of 10 to be the bad guy. Um, I do that very well. You've got that uh, edge. It's like It's like a drummer. I'm like pretty chill when you hang out. Mm-hmm. Because I get all of that uh, out in you know in characters, but as I'm getting the last two years, I haven't played an evil character once. I'm playing fairly nice, decent people. So I've lost my edge. Peter. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have to, <laughs> have gonna to talk some, to some casting directors. I know. <laughs> like remember scare when the I scared the daylights out of, out of everyone? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah. Things got, I, I wouldn't say derailed. Clearly, that was the path. I mean. Right, right. I, 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 Life goes the, the path, t- I mean, chooses the path it takes. And, and I, yeah. I tend to try and make the best of it, no matter what that path. Because mm-hmm. I also know at this age that the pendulum swings both ways. And right. I can always change direction anytime I want. You, you've learned that. Well, it's, I mean, if we we're going to go into 
some of our favorite things. It's all, I'm sorry, I went, went away for a minute. Oh, it's okay. uh, <laughs> some of our favorite things, you know, it's all basically a construct anyway, right? So, right, right? so I might as well just do what I want. Right. Do no harm and do what I want. Absolutely. So that's a good rule for life. Kind of. Be consensual, do no harm. <laughs> Do whatever the hell you Consensual want. Consensual is the part that some people apparently oh, nowadays we're finding yes. out are having a hard time with. It's but yeah, true. It's it seems true. really obvious, but it does. I mean, I don't even care what it is as long as is it's consensual. Right, you know what right. I mean? Honestly. Um, so anyway, I uh, so I I digress a lot. No, uh, that's okay. I, I'm kind of hyper, as you. I'm can along tell. for the ride here. And uh, my thought, my thoughts move faster than I can form words. Sometimes I <laughs> so understand that. My dear, dear friends are so patient with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Feel free to meander as much as you want. Cool. If you if you get too far, I'll bring you back. You bring me back. I trust you. Yeah, so that's kind of how that path started. And then um, actually the the professional theater career was born out of my um, um, my collaboration with uh, the songwriter I've been working with for 20 years. He's brilliant. His name is John Camus, and his stage name is Jinx Titanic. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I was recommended. He needed a, a ringer for a show he was doing that he had written. Uh, a beautiful show called Future City Homosexual Tells All. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of an Americana. That he, he can write in any genre, and this one happened to be kind of an Americana. So I pulled out my pet Patsy Cline hat for this gig. And um, he was, uh, he was a Jeff Award winning. That's the Chicago version of mm-hmm. the Tonys uh, yep. for theater awards. He was a Jeff Award winning composer. And uh, he was contracted. He had been doing the score and incidental music for arrangements for a Christmas Carol at the Goodman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was originally hired and the first year I was not on stage at all. They didn't know who the hell I was, but it was my voice kind of wafting over things during the Tiny Tim is Dead scene. And uh, uh, the next year he got me an audition and I was cast, which blew me away because uh, that's hard. And then, and then, as I was, was that the first time you'd been cast. It's in a the first time I auditioned show? for a professional show. Wow. It was at the Goodman, and they cast me. And I'm not well, bragging. That's coming right out. No, no, no. But I'm that's not bragging. Phenomenal. It was that's like coming it was, right out of the box with it, a big open. It scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah. And and then and then as I was rehearsing that, the director. This is the story they tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, the casting director Tara Lonzo, a f- uh, fabulous casting director. Um, she. Uh, she the the either she or the director was doing casting rose tattoo was in they were casting in the next room the director stuck her head in and said get her in here and i got cast in that so it was like right out of the gate it was these it was two shows at the goodman back to back and i'll tell you i i wasn't naive but i had no idea really how the business worked right and i thought well this is cool <laughs> I'm just gonna. And then you know, and then I was, and then I was cast in a couple things like serendipitously, afterwards, right in a row, and again because it was fresh blood. I swear to you, it was all just new face, super duper unusual, unusual Mm -hmm. set of of circumstances. And then I, and then, and then I wasn't cast for like a year, and I was like, well, okay, I had to figure out how it all worked, and. Because I didn't know. I didn't go to school. I didn't, right. I, you know, I, I wasn't trained. So I, I, you know, gleaned a lot. And there, you know, 
there wasn't the abundance of information on the internet at the time. So you couldn't even, you know, you really had to study and figure right. out, talk to people and ask what they're doing. And then you pretty much ask any other actor and they go, I don't know. <laughs> you right, know, I mean, right. it's a puzzle. They're all kind it's of ha- like the, cobbling it together as they go to some yes, degree. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not the most talented person that gets it because at a certain level everybody's fairly equal in talent it's about who fits the puzzle best but right, right. you don't know who that the director have it takes head. a long time to figure it out yeah right. there's so many it's not just that there's so many puzzle pieces right you know in casting and production um and and it's fascinating and it's a very difficult job for them and i didn't understand how it worked mm-hmm. so you know it's a lot of you know learning the actors like we saw, what was that? The guy from the Cosby Show. He's working in Trader Joe's. Everybody's got to do. Right, right, everybody's right. got to do jobs when they're not working. Right, right. Um, especially in theater because it doesn't pay like television and film do. Right. So you really have to pinch your pennies and mm-hmm. you know do odd jobs for a long time. I house painted. I can't really house paint anymore because my arm's a mess. Not a mess. It's just the repetition. I can't do it anymore. Right, I can do right. lots of things, but push-ups. But I can't do this. You know, up and down right, with yeah, a roller motion. Yeah. You know, so you just find all sorts of strange jobs to do in between, and you just learn it. And so I just was learning. I, I think I'm also probably pretty grateful knowing me that uh, I didn't start till I was, you know, mm-hmm. well into midlife, you know, to be as uh, grounded as I, as I was at the time and continue to be more and more grounded as we get older. I'm kind mm-hmm. of glad that I was uh, still enough to look around and pay attention and try and figure it out and had some really great friends and still have those great friends, active friends that uh, were kind of still our mentors, mentors, Mm -hmm. you know, mentors to me um, need a lot of mentoring. Right. And that, especially being new. Um, And it was fun. So you were able to find people who were willing to talk because in my head, and I'm not in this community, obviously, but uh, in my head, I, I picture a lot of uh, competition, backbiting sure. competition, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's that. Uh, um, what's that movie where they say sooner or later, you know, you're coming down the stairs and somebody behind you is yeah, giving exactly. you the shove, you know? Uh, exactly. But. Well, I mean, I suppose I suppose that is more prevalent in other areas, and it's also fictionalized quite a bit. Uh-huh, right. Um. I would find I'm not uh, in life attracted whatsoever to the dangerously insecure. So that was never my experience. I find them the most frightful things on the planet. Oh, good. <laughs> and um, um, so I gravitate towards very forthright mm-hmm. people who may be insecure, but they're not dangerously insecure because. I share my vulnerabilities. I mm-hmm. think that's the most human thing to do, and it right. keeps everybody. We're all insecure on keeps, some level. It, it keeps everybody in touch, right. you know, and connected. And so I seek out people like that that are fantastic and flawed, <laughs> you know. So I, I suppose that it was some of my, um, you know, survival skills that led me to these these beautiful people that were willing to be honest with me about the business, mm-hmm. uh, directors. Actors, casting directors, people that were saying, "Hey, listen, it's it's actually you didn't actually screw that up. This right. is just how it's, the cards are falling this time." You know, right, right. people that are saying things that you need to know, 
Right. You know, that, um, I don't know. It was really so nice you're not having going all those home mentors. banging your head against the wall. What do I do? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? No. Right. You know, understanding that if you walk out of that audition feeling great, you've succeeded because then it's out of your hands. Right. Right. But that's the goal right. is to go in there and perform. Right. Do your, do your stuff. Do right. you. And, and so it was really great. And I still continue to have beautiful, I'm very lucky, very successful actors in this field that are mentors for me and continue to be because I'm still only in the business at this right page. I'm still, I'm still a newbie-ish. <laughs> right, still right. newbie-ish. Um, but I guess I'm, I guess I'm not now that I think about it. If you I've go, been doing it's it 20 for, years. It's not 20 years. Oh, okay. It's not 20 years. It's uh, probably like 15 years. Okay. I think I'm trying to like, yeah, probably 15 years. So I guess I'm not as young, young in the business as I thought. But I'm... Uh, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for the advice and uh, the, the, the honesty from uh, fellow actors. Right. Have people come to you for advice? Yes. And and what do what do you tell them? What what's your advice about about? Well, about if somebody's trying to get in. Let's oh, say somebody's somebody trying says, to you know get what? in. All right, I'm I'm you know that I'm, does not a me, lot. but right. <laughs> but. Uh, okay. um, you know, somebody says, "Well, what do yeah, I? I want to do something. Do I start? Do I start with the local yes, church or exactly. That's <laughs> what, whatever? Uh, you know, that does happen a lot. Like just getting registered for surgery when they say, "What are you? Oh, my son does this. Okay, give me his email. You know. Oh, right. And I'll send him. This is what I think you should do. Yes, for somebody starting out. Um, yes, absolutely. Get your feet wet and do some plays because mm-hmm. I think I think theater teaches you." Because of the repetition of theater, you know, mm-hmm. in, in film and TV, you got to just get it right once. Right. Uh, you know, it's not doing 100 performances of something right. where you get to really dissect that shit and, and get into it and keep finding beautiful new things. And theaters really think the only way you can do that. Mm-hmm. Even class. Class just doesn't go long enough. You don't work on a piece right. long enough to right. truly understand and get in somebody else's skin. Um, so yeah, I would say start out doing stuff. Um, if you're interested in film, I would suggest finding out, getting some headshots and good mm-hmm. ones because it matters. It's representing you. It's all about your eyes. Um, I know a guy who got a, who got a gig just off his headshot. Yep. <laughs> it was a background looking, thing, but it was, They're you know, looking <laughs> for interesting faces. Think right. about it. You know, next time you watch a movie, just look, turn the sound off and just look at the act, the background actors. They're fabulous. They're beautiful, beautiful, amazing, and interesting faces. Oh, I would love to be a director and cast background. Um, uh, you know, I would do that. I would see if you can get it with an agency that solely does background work. Mm-hmm. Don't put it on your resume if you plan on acting. Um, if you plan on doing background, well, because you get you get stereotyped. You might get pigeonholed that? a little. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying everybody does, and I'm not right. accusing anyone of doing that. I'm just right. saying it's a possibility. Right. Um, if you're viewed as a backup infielder, you're always going to be a backup exactly. infielder. Exactly. In any exactly right. in any field, don't pigeonhole yourself. Um, yeah, get get headshots out there and try and get some representation. Try and get on the casting network networks on the internet because they do look for background or they post things about background work there. They don't call it extra work. They don't background oh, they artists. Don't. Background okay. artists. All right. Is extra um, kind of the old term? I guess. That, I guess yeah. it's derogatory. Okay. 
Um, I guess I understand, but they're changing our lexicon of theater. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before. Like it's you know, I mean, a word is a word. It means (laughs) it means what it means. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess it's not extra work because they are in fact setting the palette for the entire scene. Right. So I understand. I understand. Um, It's just part of our lexicon. I've got this old theater, this book of old theater terms. It's like from 1948. It's fantastic. Like where you actually find out why it's limelight. And, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. (laughs) Something about the lime and the the flash they use in the lighting at the footlights. Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, Well, I know all that stuff comes from somewhere. Yeah. I had somebody yell at me for whistling on a set one time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, serious about that shit. I, I know. And and it's, uh, it's one of those superstition things. And, uh, and, uh, somebody, one of the actors saved me because somebody said, oh, so and so should have told you that, you know, that they're, because I'm not, my background isn't, yes. I've done some theater stuff, but I'm, I'm not a theater person in that sense. And, uh, and, you know, somebody said, well, this guy should have told you, you know, that you shouldn't be whistling on the side is bad luck. And, and he was standing there and he said, except I'm enough of a theater person to know that it, it, the origin of the whistling thing is that they used to whistle cues to each other and it would screw things up if somebody whistled. But, but that's not applicable here. So I'm no, not worried about it. <laughs> but actors <laughs> but in people this do, day I know, and age I know, are I know. very, very superstitious. We're yeah. very ritualistic. I know we're, we're, we're digressing a little bit. But it's fun. No, no, no. It's that's, fun. That's the ritual, cool. yeah. the ritual of what we do, is delicious to us. Because if you're in a well-timed, well-maintained show, uh, uh, performance one through performance one hundred, you are going to pass this person within these three lyrics or these three lines every uh-huh. single time. Right. Backstage. Right. I'm talking about backstage, right, not right, on right. stage. It's a routine. It's um, like it's clockwork. a very ritualistic. And somebody says the Scottish play backstage. All eyes go, yeah, (laughs) and you get out there and you Google it and you do that and you do that ritual, right? Um, right, right. You know, very superstitious. You know, if I come off stage and um, high five you every time, boy, better not miss it, right? Better not, you just don't miss it. You don't even acknowledge it. It's just boom, right? So there's very fun stuff like that. But actors, yeah, are very ritualistic about that. It's fun. Um, so yeah, so background work is a good place to start to learn about how a set works, mm-hmm. how how it all works. Um, and then it's it's that you know it's the rub of you know just even getting a waitressing job. It's hard to get a waitressing job if you don't have waitressing experience. Right, right. So you're just trying to uh, and build a resume mm-hmm. and. Um, Take classes. That's a really great way. There are a lot of casting directors and directors and teachers in the business that hold seminars and, you know, intensive workshops and master classes. Mm -hmm. And if you look them up, you can find them. It's a great way to get advice on what you're doing, um, what you're doing that might be holding you back of what you could be doing, what you, what, what more you can be doing, what, you know, they're just great eyes and you're doing it for them. Mm -hmm. So for that weekend, that intensive weekend, you know, you have one-on-one 
right, you right. know, for, for 10 minutes at a time with these casting directors. And right. those are great places to start. And maybe next time you uh, go up in front of that casting director, they would go, oh, I remember that. I remember that, that person. Yeah. And that person really took direction well. They, they, they don't cast you. A casting director brings right, people right, in. Right. But they can, when you leave the room, they can say, you know, I worked with him. And he was really malleable and really took direction well. Really bright guy. Really flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and good, good attitude. <laughs> attitude right. matters Which doesn't a lot. Hurt. <laughs> it's now like any other job, man. Right. It's okay to know that what you do, you do well and you do earnestly, but arrogance is another story, just like in anything. Yeah, I've heard uh, so, somebody somebody pointed out, uh, it, it, it was in the context of TV years ago, and I don't remember. I, I want to say that... Uh, um, I think I think Robert Blake was one of the people they said, you know, that this this guy has a hard time getting cast. He's he's got all the talent in the world, but but nobody wants to work with the guy. And then you've got and I don't remember who the other actor was. And they said he's kind of an okay talent, but he he, he gets cast all the time because everybody loves the guy. It's working <laughs> you know? with them. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. You know, that, sometimes yeah. that counts. <laughs> it does, and it does. But you know, the truth. Well. You know, it still all boils down to business and money. Right, right. And if you, you can know, make somebody enough money, they're going to find a way to work. Exactly, yeah. and and that's just how the world works, right. <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> even in the art, right, art world, you know. I mean, it's just part of it. Art it and is commerce. part of it. We can't yeah. do art without money to back art. Right, right. You know, so they're they're that's just they go hand in hand, and it is just what we do. Like right. in almost in 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 many art careers. I mean, you just you dye your hair, you lose ten <laughs> pounds, you know, or whatever you, you know do you have to do. You do, or gain twenty pounds. Get your teeth capped. Get yeah. your get your get your jaw fixed. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Marilyn Monroe had to do it. A lot of people have to do it. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is really fantastic that's happening now, especially with HGTV, is people. I think I'm noticing. Um, they're allowing for um, humanity on screen now and age and mm-hmm. more so, and particularly I notice it more so with women being allowed to be their age and still be like fucking beautiful, you know? Right, right. That, um, oh, it's, it's certainly creeping in. It's not taking anything by storm. But I'm enjoying seeing 70-year-old women in cosmetic ads. Right. I'm right. enjoying it, and it's really it's starting to happen in the field where actors and uh, actors of male and female are saying, you know what, this is what I look like. Right. This right. is what people look like. Right. Um, more and more so, there are always character great, delicious character actors that don't give a damn what you think. You know, Frances McDormand, she doesn't give a damn what you think about how she looks. <laughs> right, right, you right. know, her husband loves the way she looks, and that's that. Right. And um. Uh, but you see more and more of that just going, oh, fuck it. You know, well, you maintaining know, I, that is ridiculous. Right. I think we're, you know, philosophically, I, I, I look at, and, and sometimes I think this is a negative, but, but it's also a positive. We're in an era now when I think realism 
is kind of the order of the day. Even if you're watching a comic book movie, people want the comic book character, like how he got his powers, to have a, some type of remotely logical explanation. Like they, they're demanding some type of how do I connect yes. this to and, and and on some level, I think it hurts because it's like, well, there's a lack of imagination. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. I remember people complaining about the movie Juno because they said, well, no, people don't really talk that way. I'm like, well, people don't. People didn't talk that way in the way they talk in Shakespeare either. But that, but they, they it's still the, it's about in, the language. In, it's fine. You don't have to have realism a hundred percent. Sure. The time. I but mean, I, Rosalind. I mean, my girl or his girl Friday. Yeah. People right, don't right. talk. People don't talk like right, that. Right. 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 You know, yeah. yeah I think about they did what's get the a other lot one, of All About Eve, you know, yeah. which has wonderful dialogue. Oh but it's God. not realistic dialogue, no. but it doesn't matter. It's Unless you're in a room with my friends. <laughs> it's like the Algonquin. I the table be at in the Algonquin. I want to be oh in that God, room. Oh, my God, last night. I was like, oh, please don't let me be hungover this morning for this interview, please. <laughs> we just all had a blast. That would be a whole different night. type of entertainment. <laughs> we had a blast. How you doing? Cooking food. Nice. Cooking food. Being stupid, it was great. Well, yeah. you know, if you're if you're off and you're not performing, you got to oh, take advantage of those absolutely. evenings. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's another. You know, it's a downside to this business, but it's also a good side. Like right now, I'm in between jobs, and my next one doesn't start till June. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm always looking for work. I have an audition. I mean, I'm auditioning all the time. Mm-hmm. Plays audition well in advance, usually six months in advance. Wow. Okay, I didn't know. Sometimes that. even a year. Wow. Um, you know, they want they want the talent before they get signed up somewhere else. Right. Um, right. And uh, but the, the great thing is, like my my brother is mm-hmm. in San Francisco, and my daughter's in Los Angeles. Well, Marina Del Rey, but um, being off, I'm very frugal when I'm working, mm-hmm. so I have cushion. Right, right. Um, I'm not a Starbucks a day, three times a day kind of girl. I'm like, I got my coffee pot and I'm making my coffee, and um, and I save my money. Right. Um, so I being off allows me to go to school for something mm-hmm. and learn something, which I do a lot. Great. Um, to learn other ways to make money in between jobs. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, it also allows me to go and spend time um, with my brother and my daughter uh, out there, which mm-hmm. is also handy because it's L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have to buy food anyway. Right, right. You know, and if I'm going to be off, I'm going to be with them and with my or with my friends because you don't get to see any of your friends when you're in a play. You see right. your, you see your theater friends, but everything they they work a complete opposite schedule of you. So right, right. It's like I go into a hole for three and a half months, and I'll see you on the other side. Right. So it's really nice to be able to catch up with your family, catch up with your yard, right. catch up <laughs> with uh, you know painting that fireplace, and catching up with your friends. Uh-huh. Um, and particularly with my family on the West Coast, it's. A, that's a great thing about the downtime. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm very frugal in order to make that happen. Right. So it's really an airplane ticket plus the cost of food, which I have to buy anyway. Right. Right. Um, so that's a that's a good thing. But it does it does allow you because I mean we all it's mm, I think one of the reasons I'm an actor and I'm certainly not speaking for all actors, but I know that I'm speaking for a few actors. Mm-hmm. Are bored easily. Um. So having uh, a new universe to create every time with a new population every mm-hmm. time, because that's what it is. You're in a universe. It's a very isolated universe because we're separated from family and friends quite a lot. Right. Um, 
you know, it, it keeps, it keeps your mind really fresh. It's re, you know, it's, it's, you're constantly refining who you are and how you meet people Mm -hmm. because you have to work very intimately, physically and, uh, metaphorically Mm -hmm. intimate, intimately with them to create this universe that people pay a lot of money to see. Uh, and, so you have to be on top of all of that, of your behavior, of your interactions, of your communication. And that does keep you really fresh and keeps things interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a strange art form because unlike when I'm recording music or writing or, you know, working creative with um, like mixed media or things like that, is when it closes, that work evaporates. Right. There is no record of it. Right. Other than a program. Right. Because uh, the only time it's filmed is for archival purposes. Yeah. For so it's not coming system. out or something. So you yeah. never, we never even get to see our work. Right. You know what I mean? It's a very unusual business and that, that as an art form, it's a very unusual business. Do you ever want to see your work? I mean, uh, it, it seems to me that that might be something that you might find valuable to say, oh, I, I, I really would have done that differently if I could see how it looked. Or do, do you just like to trust the director and, you know, go from there? There's danger in that. Like, I really hate watching what I do on film because mm-hmm. it's weird seeing yourself on <laughs> film. Um, but it, it, I do think it's instructive, mm-hmm. but only after the fact. I don't want it to inform my performance while right. I'm in it. Right. Like, I, I don't read, read, first of all, reviews are strange to me. Yeah. I think, I think reviews are just strange. Yeah. Um, I understand their purpose. But for the artist, they're very strange. Yeah. Because what you do is, well, you put your whole, you put everything you have into it. Yeah. Um, and somebody can dismiss it with a sentence if they feel like it. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's also, again, Sometimes for no reason you know, other than just, I thought of a clever sentence and it, I want to use sure, it. Sure, <laughs> sure thing, sure thing. And it's still it's subjective. It's still just art and entertainment, you know? Right. Um, so I never read reviews until like maybe, I don't know, the week before we close or even after the show because I don't want it to inform what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch rushes because right. I don't want it to inform what I'm doing. But I will, after the fact, say, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? You need to clean that shit up. Yeah. You know, um, didn't realize I was doing that. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Because you can't see yourself. You're relying on the director. You're right. relying on the cameraman or woman to... Um, you know, frame you and make sure they're getting the best performance out of you. So those are very interesting things um, about the business that are, I think, slightly different than other maybe art forms, especially theater, because it evaporates. It's just gone. I've always thought that theater and film are, you know, two of the most collaborative When you think about how many people it takes to bring a real show, you know, I'm not talking about like a sketch comedy show with eight people, but I mean, you know, a bit, a bit, a real big show on, on the stage or, or a movie, you see that cast, the, the credits list. I mean, it's, it's astounding. And all of these people are contributing to that final product what people see either on the stage or on the screen. And it's, it's amazing to me because, you know, I come from a, a background playing in bands and mm-hmm. we just do whatever we want. Right. <laughs> we right. pack up our gear at the end of the night. We, right. you know, if we don't feel like doing a song, we don't do it. If we feel like doing a song we've never tried before, it gets thrown in there and you know, who knows what happens. But yeah, and there's this amazing there's an amazing like you immediately there's such a you immediately have to really trust 
Yeah. You know, you might have worked with two or three people in a cast of 30. Yeah. Yeah. If you're so you're trusting strangers. So you are literally, on the first day of class, trusting this person who, uh, depending on the role, uh, has to fling you to another person or grab you in the breasts or, 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 or knock you to the floor or kill you. You know, you are immediately looking this brand new human being in your life in the eyes and going, okay, here we go, you know? <laughs> right. And there's something so, um, I think it's just... I mean, sometimes there are not good experiences, okay? But that's learning. Right, that's right. a learning curve too. But it's such a. I talk about neuroplasticity. I mean, just con constantly memorizing and learning mm -hmm. a new world, a new story right. every time really helps with that. But I think it also forming those intrinsic, immediate, and necessary trusting bonds with people. Puts your brain in a place that brain doesn't get to go a lot in normal life, I don't think. Right. I mean, yeah, we're trusting people every time we get on public transportation or right. an or airplane. Driving down the highway or, or whatever, Driving. Yeah. I mean, we are. We are. But it's different than, okay, and, and now and now you're going to be gang raped. Hi, I'll be a rapist. I'm Mike. <laughs> right. Hi. I'm like, oh, hi, yeah, I'm Catherine. You know, I mean, great, you know... You're doing Man of La Mancha. There's a big rape scene in right, it. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, and right. if that's what they're blocking first, it's like, hi, nice to meet you all. I'll be the guy throwing you on the floor. You know, I mean, yeah. it's there's crazy. Never there's, think about there's that There's really stuff. interesting stuff that goes on. And I do think that's why um, if we don't destroy our minds with alcohol <laughs> and drugs, um, a lot of people in the artistic business, it really does kind of keep your brain growing. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I, th I think. It's what I see. I think it's what I feel mm -hmm. and what I'm noticing. Um, do you feel like a different person since you started? Oh, I do. I do. I do because you also typically share a dressing room with a few people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, very rarely. Sometimes like at bigger houses, you might they might have the room mm -hmm. to keep... Uh, the top two principals in their own dressing rooms. Mm -hmm. But in general, you share rooms. Um, so I always like um, do like a little review of my behavior, of my, re my reactions, of my interactions. I love, I love, uh, I love the opportunity to, uh, that's the other thing about theater. All of a sudden you're standing in a room with people you've just met taking your clothes off. I've I mean, been told that. <laughs> I mean, it's really weird, and we're right. we're not all Raquel Welsh. You know, we all have. Most human beings have, even the most beautiful human beings, have things about their bodies they're not comfortable with, right? For right. stupid fucking reasons, right? You right, know, of right. course, not their stupid fucking reasons. The stuff that's we're bombarded with all yeah, the time, societal reasons, yeah. advertising. It's yeah, all just yeah, advertising, yeah. Uh, making money. Um, so, so everybody, you know, but there you are. Mm -hmm. You know, sharing a bathroom. We only, we have four four women to a room. Um, another great new thing that's come up is now we have I have I have now had the opportunity to have two male dressers, which is fresh and new and a new area of of uh, vulnerability and trust, and it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I at first was that I was, for the last show or is that uh, the last no the, in the last two years I've had. Uh, 
the instances, I mean, quite often you have to just literally, you have 30 seconds to completely change a character. Right, right, And right. so you're stripping in front of anybody at any time, and you you can't even think about it. It doesn't <laughs> right. matter. And the truth of the matter is, it, it, because of what we do, um, they're 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 a body part. They're mm-hmm. not they're not a, they don't have a sexual function in this realm. You know what You're I mean? I'm grabbing my boobs. For the audio they don't, medium. they don't they don't have that function in this arena. Yeah. You know, they're just a body part that needs a, a different dress on them. You right. know what I mean? So so it does but it is so it does kind of bust your head open constantly. And I do make a point to review what do I need to work on as a person, mm-hmm. as a person in a small room. I have a gig- gigantic personality. And I'm always saying to my roommates, I'm sorry, you guys, I know I'm really big. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm really big and thank you for letting me be big at this moment. But we all have our moments in the dressing mm-hmm. rooms. You know, somebody has uh, gets a letter and it's, you know, and we're just, it's very intimate and it's very immediate. And uh, sure, it sure keeps keeps that brain busting wide open right. and challenging. And especially as you get older, because you see, you see how it typically, or I won't say typically, but generally goes. People get more and more sequestered and set in their ways as they, you know, I'm pushing the 60s. You, you see other people. I mean, yes, society is changing that. You know, grandmas run marathons for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> or have you babies. Know, or have babies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so so that's changing. But but I, I find that um, it 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 keeps my mind young isn't the term it keeps my mind relevant mm-hmm. fresh active Fra- fresh yeah. active relevant um i share a dressing room i'm always the oldest in the play and um i'm always in a room with somewhere between you know 22 year olds and up up to you know 40s you know mm-hmm. so i'm always getting a new perspective especially within my own sex a new perspective of how things are going for women and and it's really uh at least in the arts these women are these young women are amazing and it's so inspiring in it and instead of going women i'm like yes this shit is great these new these young this generation of 20-something women are just fantastic and fierce and ferocious and and you don't and I live with them mm-hmm. for three and a half months. Right, right. So I'm really immersed in it. It's not in passing or at a party right. or at several book clubs. It's every day through thick and thin, right. dancing while you're sick as sh- sick as all get out, going through some. I mean, I've gone through a divorce while I'm in a play. I mean, you know, go you go through stuff because you have to work, right? Like everybody does at their jobs, but we're in a very intimate, tight situation, so right. it's heightened. So you connect with these people in the dressing room, completely. In addition to connecting with them on stage and, and everything else, and really you know, immersed. Some, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is not everybody is intended to like everybody. Right. So you're also sometimes in a room where maybe somebody doesn't like me, or I don't. I would never be this person's friend. I would never right. choose this person as a friend. This person would never choose me as a friend. But here we are, and we have to live in this little room. Right. For three and a half months. For three and a half months. Because that's what it's like. You go home, you change, you eat, you do stuff. But when you get back to the theater, that's like your home base. Right. You know, that becomes like home. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. It's like becomes home. Um, 
So, so you learn a lot about yourself and you learn how to, how to be a good roommate when somebody clearly is intimidated by you or you don't particularly, you know, care for someone's viewpoint on things mm-hmm. and, you know, or they rub you the wrong way or you're too loud or they're too loud right. or dramatic or whatever. Um, so it's constant, it's constant um, review. So you review your behavior. Do you think that's a common thing for people to do? Because I, I, in my experience, and I don't want to knock no, the I, general population, I but I, don't, I, I think Most a lot of people don't really think, think that much about their own actions or how they interact with people. They don't. But in my field, that's all we do. We're uh-huh. behavioral scientists right. to, uh, to you know, make it grandiose. We're, that's what we do right. for a living right. is right. study what makes people do what they do. That's a good point. How they express what they express. So reviewing your own behavior and looking around and say, okay, that person's ruthless ambition is really grossing me out. Where does it stem from? Mm -hmm. You know, and you are in a room, so you hear things, you know, we share things about our lives because it's like you come in, like you're doing any job. You come in and you're like, God damn it. The toilet overflowed today. Right, right, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. uh, you know, you talk about it like you do at work. Um, you know, and so you, so you, and, and I don't mean judge or, you know, diagnose, but you are studying. So, so it's learning why that person, it makes you, I think it makes your heart bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you understand and being, and being someone that plays evil all the time, evil people don't think they're evil. Understanding right. what makes people do what they do is ultimately the most fascinating thing for me about what I do. Also, I get to step out of my own skin and my own problems for two and a half hours a show mm-hmm. and take on somebody else's. And that's fun. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm always walking out, walking out of there, walking out, reviewing. And yes, but it is our business to be self-aware. Not everybody is. Right, right. Not everybody is. But I think to be a better human, you have to you have to reflect on what you do, right? Yeah, I've. <laughs> I know you know. You're I, I do to agree. The choir, with that. No, right? I know. I, I no, but I, but yeah. I mean, I I don't. I I say it in that way, not because I'm I'm the choir. I say that because I I I understand. I, I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, that's absolutely something that we all should be doing. And I'm just. I think I'm just in my. I'm. It's just one of the benefits. I think of it as a benefit of my job. Yeah. Um, because it's delicious to me. Human behavior is delicious to me. Right. That's why I like to recreate it. Well, I think you found the right profession. I think so. <laughs> but same with singing. Right, right. You know, I can't sing a song. I'm never, uh, I, I've broken, broken up with a few um, collaborators because I'm like, I would never sing that. Yeah. It's not something I would ever sing. And the thing is, is that, I'm, this voice is coming out of my body. Right. And in order for me to do this very personal thing, which is singing, mm-hmm. slightly different than acting. Right. It's a more personal It's really thing. personal. Right. It's coming out of People your, understand when you're acting, you're playing a character. Yes. It may or may not have anything to do with you. I think people should understand that. But singing is Singing's, automatically kind of viewed as it is, you. Because right. the voice is, the, is, is just the instrument I play. Right. The microphone is the instrument I use to play my instrument. Right. You know, so... So I can't, I, it's different 
with music. With music, I, I have to. If that's not a lyric I would sing, I ain't singing that song. I don't care how popular it is or right. whatever. <laughs> and then, then I'm never going to play at this steakhouse because I'm not, I'm just not going it's to, it's just not in me. Right, right. And that's why I'll never make, a, you know, a living playing gigs, you know, six nights a week because I don't do popular music. I only do music that suits me. Such a jerk, but it's all I can do. You know it's what, what I, I do, Peter. The, la- the last band I was in, we did almost entirely cover music that nobody had ever heard of. Yes. So I mean, it was all like album cuts and and things that were a hit forty years ago. Yes. <laughs> People exactly. were looking at us like, "Where's the Journey song?" Like, we don't do any Journey songs. But I'm dude, sorry, don't I don't you know understand? What to tell you. <laughs> we're playing for ourselves and getting yeah. paid for it. Yeah. Back How come off. you're not doing a Kid Rock song? I don't know. We're just not. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. I, no, I know exactly what I mean. I mean, I had one. I had one union that broke up because she's like, I dig what you're playing. I dig what you're picking. It's just obscure and it's just not what I want to be doing right now. And I was like, right. And she's like immensely, and and she's (laughs) immensely successful and playing with a million bands. And I love our collaboration. I love who she is. Right. And it was just an honest conversation. And I was like, hey, man, I get you loud and clear. I I like, it's like I'm almost trying to find the most obscure song. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm like an asshole that way. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can relate. I mean, you know, I, you come to a point if you're playing music where do I want to play in a wedding band or whatever not that there's anything wrong with that no. it's like is this what I want to do I'm maybe not maybe I maybe because I just want to go do my own thing mm-hmm. and if it's for 10 people then that's just for 10 it's people for 10 that's how people. it is I know I'm kind of the same way even with my cabaret act I you know I, I I do bloodletting, you know. I sing pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm dead on. I'm a torch singer, and I mean that's what people come. I used that used to be my tagline. Let me open a vein for you, um, you know. <laughs> uh, but but most of cabaret is songs that people want to sing along with, and right. Broadway tunes and things like that that right. just aren't my jam. American standards. Yeah. I no, I love standards. Yeah, yeah. I love standards. No, 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 but yeah, but that's. But it 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 might that's be. That's what they expect. You know, it might. Uh, it, it might not be memory from cats, which is a standard now. Mm-hmm. It might be happiness is a thing called Joe. You know, it uh-huh. might be it might be one of Arlen's lesser tunes, or right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Uh, not lesser, but you know what I mean. Not lesser as popular, known. lesser yeah. known. Um, so yeah, that'll it, that that one. It's different, but I love. I that's one. The thing I love about theater is is the constant study of people. Yeah, people are. They're so delicious to me. I think if you can disassociate yourself from being judgmental about people, then you can find them fascinating. Then I wouldn't be human. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Because, I mean, I do observe. I do like to We're all judgmental on some level. But, yeah. But but if you're you're not carrying that around as your primary way of assessing things. Absolutely. (laughs) And I just had this conversation last night. It was just like, it's, it's, it, it is... Definitely, mostly, I, I make observations. Mm-hmm. They may sound like judgments, right, right, but but they're not. It's right. just this person is doing this, right. It's not a judgment if it's true. I've often had to bracket yeah. statements yeah, with, yeah, yeah. "I'm not. I don't care. I, I don't. Just, I don't I'm care. Just saying this is what I see. Is a, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm getting. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I I agree. They're not judgments, but it's fascinating to me. I'm be the worst vampire because I'd be insatiable. I'd want to eat all people. <laughs> Just to get their experience, you know what I mean? Right. Experiences. Right. <laughs> Not because I was hungry. <laughs> the vampire glutton. There's yes. A... Glutton for humanity. Yeah. You're so delicious to me. 
That's yeah. a, that'd be a good name for an album. There you go. Glutton for Humanity. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, take that with you. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it's an interesting career and I'm um, learning. I've got a show coming up in June that I'm not going to say out loud. That's fine. That I'm working on because I'm superstitious. I, yep, there's the actual wood. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm going out to LA for a couple of months mm-hmm. um, to audition spend time with my family. I was going to ask, do you work in LA? Is that something? I have not yet. Okay. I have not yet. It's not been an opportunity for me yet. Okay. And now that it is, I will. Are you, are you considering auditioning for, um, TV film or are you considering auditioning for stage? Cause I know mm. LA is a lot, you know, you associate with the, that with the film industry, but yeah. that's not necessarily the only thing that happens there. They've got a pretty much self, it's like, well, I'm not going to talk for LA about theater. Cause I okay. really don't know enough. Okay. I really honestly yes, don't know enough. Yeah. Um, but I've done, I've done, I've done a few films mm-hmm. and, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to, uh, I would like to dabble auditioning for television i don't know if i got a look they're looking for mm-hmm. um but uh i'm interested in it so i'm gonna explore it i'm you know my agency is terrific and i'm going to be uh my agent knows that i'm gonna be heading out there and uh so hopefully we'll get some stuff lined up so i can at least get some more experience auditioning. right right you know um i don't have a lot of experience auditioning for television right i have some but uh is there a pilot season? That, that I know. Well, that, I don't know if that's still a thing anymore. Be, right. Yeah. This with is Netflix just, and everything yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. Content's coming out all times of year. Yeah, it used to be February. Really it was, was the, the time big. when everybody. Yeah. And um, I think I had one, one TV, one audition in February mm-hmm. for that. Okay. And I think it's. I don't. I and I don't think it's a, a reflection on my agency at all. Again, right, like right. we think it's just content is constantly being. It's produced. just changed now. It's, it's just the whole a different thing. World. Yeah. So it's like always pilot season. Yeah. Um. But specifically, I just had the one in February. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's learning. It's new. I don't know if I'll be successful at it. I the camera seems to like me, um, which is weird. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not bragging or anything. Either it does or it doesn't. Right, I mean, it's right, not right. like anything I do. Cameras don't like me. I, a few times no. I've seen myself on camera, they're like, oh, look, it's a stomach with a head on top. Oh, well, okay, you, there we well go. I see. And that's what I'm saying when I say cameras seem to like me because I look, everybody's like, you're so photogenic. And I'm like, all I see is, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. You look at yourself differently. From I look at my, else but, does. of but, course, but, we all do. But the camera does seem to like me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we'll, you know, we'll see if that translates. Mm-hmm. Um, translates into other things. I don't know. I'm going to learn. I'm going to take a learn something new to learn. That's great. It is great. And and uh, and just to you know, um, just to kind of get close to wrapping up here. I mean, obviously you're looking at doing that. Um, Are there other challenges or other things that you you see that you'd like to do uh, maybe on the horizon or Um, down the road a piece or whatever? Is there something you really want a passion project or interest? Oh, yeah. I've started working with uh, a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Writing scripts. All right. Yeah. Writing, uh, right now we're writing... um, some screenplays. Okay. Okay. So we'll I was going to ask what kind of scripts. Screenplays. Yep. Um, and we're having fun. And uh, I don't, I don't know where that'll go. But I mean, writing is. I love writing. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and we're playing and we're having fun and right. figuring some things out. Right. And um, that's what that's what I'm dabbling in right now. That's a great thing to dabble. Yeah. At first, I was like, I should write a book. People are like, you should write a book. And uh, I'm like, yeah, probably, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Got a lot of interesting things that have happened for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that that's what I want to do. I think I like, I think I'd like 125 pages, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. As opposed to three to 500 pages. I think right now, I think I would like that. That seems, it seems um, like a good giant baby step. Um, right. But I think, but I think it's going to be fun. So yeah. We're just dabbling. Well, you know, I, I, I've often thought, and I've said it a few times, um, if, you're, if you're doing it because you enjoy it, mm-hmm. whatever level, and this is what I have to apply to myself when I play in music, yeah. um, whatever level you're on, if you're doing it because you enjoy it, you're, it's legit. You know, yes. I mean, it, you're, you're having your fun. Exactly. If you can turn it into something more, great, but do it because you want to do it. Because you want to do it. Fundamentally, I mean, that's we do, the main thing. Yeah, because we do all kinds of jobs that we don't want to do to make right. money. Right, exactly. That's my day job. Right. I mean, not, I'm, my no. employer hears this. No. I like my day well, job, right. but, but, but it's not, but it's not, it's not, I didn't, as a kid, say, I'm going to go do this medical right. stuff or right, dental exactly. stuff or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, we certainly make money, and I, I do, and a lot, as we learned from the Trader Joe's Cosby show. Right, right. Thing. Actors have to do that. Right, right. Um, but to be able, I mean, life is hard. Yeah. It's really nice to be able to have not only pleasure, but pleasure that brings pleasure to other people. Right. You know? Um, yeah, doing Beauty and the Beast is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. It's not cure for show, cancer. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it, but Boy, for two and a half hours, people forget about those bills or that hip that has to be replaced or that parent that has to be taken care of or that child that's not passing. You know what I mean? The things that we're living with day to day, we get to we get to escape from that. You yeah. get to escape from that. They get to escape from that. And so the things you do that you have to do in order to survive this world. It's a trade-off, and it's a lovely trade-off. And you know, it's hard to do a play when you have when you're sick. Right. It's hard to work when you're sick, but it's really hard to do a play when you're sick. Right. Right. You know, because um, everybody's watching. You can't just go and yeah, there, close there your are, eyes halfway. There and... <laughs> are some weird little things about that. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know where I where what triggered that thought. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> doing doing things. I know it sounds. Like a plaque from the 70s, but doing things that you love helps balance out all the hard stuff in the world that you have to deal with. And so if you're lucky enough to have that kind of outlet and the opportunity to use your proclivities and gifts, Mm -hmm. then you should. Even if it's taking a cooking class or going to a wine lecture, if that's what you love... Do it. You've got to. Absolutely. Because it just makes the unbearable more bearable. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> On that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, Catherine. I really blast. appreciate you so talking to me today. Mm-hmm. All Good right, luck thanks. with everything. Thank you very much. Okay, well. 
that is my show. That's episode one of what will hopefully be at least two or three, maybe hundreds. Who knows? I don't know how long this will go. Um, I'm certainly not planning to not do it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. I, I, I really enjoyed I've talked to a few different people. I've got uh, different shows coming up. Different. I've got a few in the can. I've got some things planned. And I think it's going to be a fun trip for me, fun ride. Hopefully it'll be fun for you guys as well. But uh, that's my show. Have a great week. I will see you in two weeks. Remember, BigHairyEyeball.com. You can shoot me a note there. Stop by the website. Take a look around. There's not much there, but it will be growing, and I will be adding things to it. And that's it. Have a great day. (laughs) 